Last week, Congress passed the Music Modernization Act with bipartisan support, with the goal of making sure songwriters in the U.S. are paid fairly for their work. Joe Scott, an alum from the JD Class of 2018, joins me to discuss. This is the UNH Law Podcast. Learn more about the law school and apply by visiting law.unh.edu. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the guest or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire. So, Joe, what are the basics of the Music Modernization Act? Yeah, so the Music Modernization Act is a big overhaul of how songwriters are paid and how much they are paid. So what it aims to do, what it, what it will do soon, as it is planned to enter into effect in early October, I believe, is create something called a music licensing collective. And that will be a board of, last time I checked, was 12 individuals. It's eight from the music publishing industry and four independent songwriter representatives. Um, and although that, that has been criticized to be publisher-friendly over independent songwriters, they will be in charge of maintaining a database which songwriters, big or small, will be able to go up to and say, hey, people have been using this song. I would like to collect this amount of money. And so this music licensing collective will be responsible for collecting royalty payments from uh, radio, satellite radio, digital radio, streaming services now because of all the digital service providers. And they will main- they will hold those funds and those funds will be distributed to the rightful PEs, so the, the songwriters, um, whether they be on record or not, and individuals will be able to go up and claim. And that, that's a big step forward because currently small songwriters, their songs will end up in catalogs, Spotify's or other uh, providers, and the money will not be paid to them because they simply can't be found. The current regime has been in place for over 100 years now. It's ancient. Um, it was initially for, it's called a mechanical royalty, and it was for player pianos, the old school pianos that would play music by themselves. You see on all the Westerns. Yeah. Um, so those perforated sheets, each time one of those was made, um, the, this royalty would go to the composer. And there have been issues, obviously, with the evolution of music and the digital age, finding artists and compensating them for every single time their music is used. And, and the songwriters is a very daunting task. Yeah. And even the Harry Fox Agency, which is the main collection agency for these royalties is not equipped um, nowadays. And so there was a big Spotify litigation recently and it's current um, for $1.6 billion. Um, they sued, uh, they were sued by Wixen Publishing. So a, mu- a music publisher, um, which is represents a bunch of songwriters. Um, and and that'd be enormous for a company like Spotify. That's basically never broken profit No, they're yet. not profitable, right? <laughs> There's nothing about Pandora, Spotify, or any of these companies that are profitable, which makes makes this very confusing. Uh, and ultimately, are these, we'll get more into it, but are, are these companies against the act, or are they happy this is happening so there's some real laws getting on the books? So no one, no one seems really against this act. It seems like, I mean, it's very interesting because it was unanimous um, in the Senate on this Tuesday. It was yeah. um, approved, very recent. And there was unanimous support, except for um, Sirius XM was a big uh, opponent. But that's for a different reason. Yeah, we can go into um, that later. Yeah, and there are lots of technicalities in the act, lots of lobbying and last minute deals. But the, the, they call them the digital service providers, such as Spotify. They actually have um, a safe harbor now. So they're going to be, ultimately, they'll be paying a better market rate to songwriters and artists. And 
um, royalties will be collected and paid more consistently because of the act, but they will not be held um, for statutory damages uh, for any failed payments. So they, they, are, they do receive a safe harbor. So every, everybody wins. Especially nowadays, there's so many people that are getting music distributed on these services. It's intensive in order to keep track of everything. So that must be a huge uh, relief of burden for them. Yeah, it's it's big artists. I mean, the, the Wixen suit against Spotify, they, they represented artists... Um, as big as they had Tom Petty was one who wasn't receiving royalties for his songs and everybody knows Tom Petty. Yes. But there are also smaller composers, independent songwriters who whose music ends up on these services. They never know and they never receive the royalties. And under the current system, the digital service provider, so Spotify or any other interactive um, digital music provider, is required to provide a notice of intent to the songwriter to let them know that, hey, your music is in our catalogue. And now we will be paying you royalties, except they can't find them. They can't yeah. find these small town writers. And so that's when these royalties end up being uncollected and unpaid. So what was the impetus behind the creation of this act? Was it a group of senators? Was it publishers? It's been a long time coming. It's, it's, it's an industry effort. It's everybody. Mm-hmm. It was um, Neil Portnoy, the president of the Recording um, Association, was a big proponent of it, but the, the Songwriters Association, the, Nas- the, the Nashville Songwriters Association, every, everybody's been behind it in a long time. And I mean, it was renamed the, the Orrin Hatch, Orrin G. Hatch Act um, on Tuesday because he was a big proponent of it, a songwriter himself. What exactly does this do for the artists when it comes to uh, getting paid? So the, the big thing with the, this act is it creates um, a music licensing collective uh, and so instead of having a private entity, which is currently the Harry Fox agency, which is the middleman collecting the royalties and paying them out, these mechanical royalties to the songwriters, this collective will maintain a database and they will serve as the the new Harry Fox agency um, and they will be better equipped. And for these, so the issue with the smaller songwriters that are just never found, mm-hmm. they can go to the music licensing collective and claim songs. So this, the, the money, the royalties will always be paid to the music licensing collective and the money will remain within the collective and smaller songwriters or bigger songwriters, anybody can go and claim the songs. And then if there's a dispute, it'll be an internal dispute resolution rather than a private entity handling it and people needing to go to court. There's a change to how what percentage the musicians get paid, right? So currently it's it would be the nine cent is the mechanical royalty, the 9.1 cents. And... That's been fixed um, and it's determined by a very complicated um, algorithm by the the Copyright Royalty Board. And it seems a bit antiquated and it's not necessarily how much songwriters want to be paid. But this act would bring in a a kind of free market system where negotiations would be available and the market and, you know, supply demand would determine the rate going for the songs. So why was SiriusXM against this? So they're not against reforming mechanical licensing and paying songwriters. What they were opposed to, um, and they they compromised, but the the Classics Act um, currently pre-1972 songs, which 1972 was the last big overhaul of the Copyright Act, excluding the DMCA. Songs recorded and published before 1972 were exempt from, sort of exempt or excluded from federal copyright law. When SiriusXM plays a pre-1972 song, they're not required to pay the artist. And so it's a financial, it's just a financial burden that they will have to assume yeah, it's going to be a big change for a lot of their stations. Exactly. I mean, so some some of the old classic songs, yeah. they don't have to pay for um, currently. 
it's uh, there were there were some lawsuits um, filed against Sirius, and they settled um, for hundreds of millions of dollars to pay these royalties. But there's no statutory provision requiring it, mm-hmm. and so the Classics Act, which is part of the Music Modernization Act, will remedy that loophole. Okay, so now they're going to have to start paying. They'll have and to start paying for it because God knows if they were yeah. logging everything that was yeah, going on for exactly. that. That's, I mean, someone who's done some work in radio. I mean, that's intensive to keep track of everything that was played at what time and what day. Um, does this have any impact with um, licensing agencies like BMI, ASCAP, and CSAC? So those are performance rights organizations. Um, they collect, so for, for radio plays, for example, so currently um, artists and the actual song, uh, the, the singers, they don't get compensated for radio play. Mm-hmm. Only the composition, so the songwriters for the melody and the sheet music and the lyrics will receive a royalty. And BMI ASCAP are responsible for collecting that and providing it. Um, they were in support of the act it doesn't really affect their role mm-hmm. as such. They're, they're, they're another collection agency. Um, so I'm assuming they'll just be, they'll continue to perform their, they collect the performance royalties. So it's separate from it's the mechanical royalties. It's a different kind of end of music playback. So BMI and ASCAP sells catalogs. They sell their entire catalog. You buy a blanket license. Mm-hmm. So you pay them an amount of money, depending on what the catalog is, and they'll allow you to use that entire catalog. So it's for small business owners, well, business owners, um, if they want to play music in their store, they'll buy ASCAP's catalog and they'll be able to play any song from that and they'll pay a fee to ASCAP. And whenever there's a rate dispute currently, there are only two judges that will ever hear it. There's judges Coate and Stanton in the Southern District of New York, and they hear everything. Uh, One is assigned to BMI, one is assigned to ASCAP. And what the act intends to do is set up a rotating system of judges where the rates will be distributed it's on a wheel system it rotates so you can hear a different judge at a time and it will relieve some of the burden on those judges and pr- provide maybe more fairness to have your case heard before a different judge these companies have to be constantly a rotation in court with different things that they got to bring up absolutely they it's there are only well there are three big names as bmi ascap and csac yeah. and you don't really have that much of an option. Exactly. So to have a rotating system of judges, maybe it'll provide a bit more fairness. Or at least make it feel like it's more fair. I mean, it's, exactly. it's getting some fresh blood always behemoth. helps. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people don't realize the difference between on-demand versus um, radio right. and, and services like that. Because, I mean, as is, does Pandora kind of handle the same way as... Spotify, or they, they'd be closer to what radio industry would be doing, right? So that, that, that's interesting because Pandora, you know, with the you have a certain amount of skips. You don't yeah. really decide what you want. Um, they put all of those in place. So they're technically qualified as internet radio. Mm-hmm. So they're not a digital service provider like Spotify where you can select what you want to play. And so as internet radio or satellite radio, they're under a different regime and they don't pay the same format of royalties. Spotify pays a percentage of revenue in royalties, however much a catalog makes for Spotify on their app. Mm -hmm. They will then provide that to the recording labels, artists, songwriters, whereas internet radio, it's a flat rate. So by having that different format, it's like a non-interactive radio service and an interactive radio service, they have different um, rates they pay. I'm assuming the music labels were on board with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's no real issue. It was, it was really Sirius XM and Music Choice mm-hmm. um, who provide those, the digital music, and they, they were opposed to the, the Classics Act. 
So if the classic act passes, which it most likely will, it was unanimous in the Senate. Yeah, so now it's just got to go through. They'll have to pay more. For- yes, yeah, so now it's got to go through the House of Representatives and right. the President. And right? the President, yep. So do we know any timeline and when they expect it to go um, through? It's... They expect the act to be in place in early October, I, I think, I believe. It's, it's because it's unanimous support and everybody wants it through. Thank you for listening to the show. Get the back episodes at law.unh.edu slash podcast, which also is links to subscribe to the show on all your favorite podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now Spotify. Opinions discussed are solely the opinion of the faculty or host and do not constitute legal advice or necessarily represent the official views of the University of New Hampshire.